Welcome back for episode 21 in our study of the book of Revelation. This episode is called The Seventh Seal. I'm Sam Bracken, your host. Our teacher is Dr. Breck England, who is discussing the book of Revelation through the lens of the temple. We are now in Revelation chapter 8. In our last episode, we discussed what happened when the Lord opened the sixth seal of his sealed book. We saw the judgment of the wicked and the gathering of Israel. Breck, what happens when the Lord opens the seventh seal? The scenes revealed by the seventh seal are by far the most troubling and at the same time the most hopeful in the whole book of Revelation. It's a long passage. We have to read this long passage through the lens of the temple or we're not going to understand it. Otherwise, it's confusing. And people who read it go, sometimes people get to chapter 8 and they just slap their foreheads and say, I can't figure this out, so I've had it. <laughs> okay. All right, but all right. If you read it through the lens of the temple, it begins gradually to make sense. Okay. Okay. The first thing we see in chapter 8 is a great multitude in white encircling the throne of God. So keep that image in your head. Okay. When the Lamb opens the seventh seal, quote, there is silence in heaven for about the space of half an hour. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. A censer is an incense um, bowl. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. That's the first three verses of chapter 8. Okay. So what's going on here? Why a half an hour of silence? Well, a lot of people have read this and said, why a half hour of silence? <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. all, they all ask the question, what, what is this half hour about? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, remember that we're in the temple. Okay. It's a heavenly temple, but we're in the temple. In Jerusalem... Every morning at the third hour, which um, is about nine o'clock in the morning in Jerusalem, it was time for the morning prayer circle. It's described in Exodus chapter 30, verses 7 and 8. At that hour, everyone in the vicinity of the temple, not just in it, but in the vicinity, and that is in the city of Jerusalem, which was a walled city, okay, mm -hmm. would stop what they were doing. And when it was time for the offering of incense, like it happened every day, right? The whole multitude around the temple would fall down before the Lord, spreading their hands in silent prayer. Within the sanctuary, the priest laid the incense on the golden altar, and a cloud of odors would rise before the Lord. That's in um, chapter 5, verse 8 of the book of Revelation. Now, this happens every day. So, um... Every day at 9 o'clock, the whole city would stop for morning prayer. Right. They all stopped for a half hour. This half hour happened every day. Okay. And they would bow down toward the temple. We don't do this today. So people, they read, um, and the, there was silence in heaven for half an hour. And they go, why? Okay. <laughs> that's because in John's time, that's what you did. Mm -hmm. In John's time at 9 o'clock in the morning, everyone would stop working. Because everyone knew that in the temple at that hour, the priest was offering the incense and the prayer for all of Israel. Oh, that makes okay. a lot of sense. All right, you yeah. see now, yeah, what, now I see. what he's talking about. Yeah. 
You know what's funny is that if you go to the Middle East today and you see the Muslims, mm-hmm. they will hear a prayer call come from the mosque. Right. I and, have, I've been there and, and heard, they, heard and, it. And, and in Saudi Arabia, where I've been, they will stop working and they all bow down towards Mecca mm-hmm. and they pray. And the same thing was done in Jerusalem yeah. anciently. That okay. makes sense. It's yeah. not done now because the temple is gone. Right, right. But every day that's what would happen. So they all stopped for half an hour and bowed down toward the temple. Now, inside the temple, the incense burning on the altar was a token of the prayers of the faithful people rising up into heaven. This was the ordinance, interestingly, here, that the priest Zacharias was performing while the people were praying outside at the time of incense. Remember that there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, Gabriel, standing on the right side of the altar of incense to proclaim the coming of Christ and the end of a winter of spiritual darkness. This is in Luke chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. The angel told him that he and his wife would have a son who became John the Baptist, the prophet who prepared the way for Jesus Christ. So the angel came while Zacharias was leading the prayer circle and all of Jerusalem was silent for half an hour. Wow. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Very beautiful picture. Um, Hugh Nibley says this. He says, each prayer circle is a faithful reproduction of the celestial pattern. In other words, it happens all the time in heaven. The prayer circle in the temple imitates the eternal round of the stars wheeling overhead. And the stars represent the faithful people of the Lord all circling the throne of God. Exactly. Just right. as, as Job said, quote, the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. The prayer circle reenacts that moment. Mm. The prayer circle has been associated with the temple since the beginning. Uh, the tradition of the prayer circle has persisted all across the centuries. The Muslims, for example, believe that Abraham built an altar in the desert and led a prayer circle around that altar. And they still, to this day, perform a prayer circle ceremony in their temple, which is the great mosque in Mecca. I'll tell you, this is so in, such an interesting example of how this persists. Okay, mm-hmm. now, Once a year, millions of Muslims come to the holy city of Mecca on a pilgrimage. Uh, called the Hajj. They go through a series of ceremonies, frankly, like our temple endowment. If you're a Muslim, you you have to go to the temple once in your life, okay? Mm -hmm. Sort of like you have to go get your endowment, right? right? right. Intriguingly, a pilgrim can perform the Hajj on behalf of a deceased person. Oh. They they can actually do it by proxy, okay? Interesting. It's considered a form of vicarious atonement. Wow. Okay. That's something cool. Yeah. When you're approaching, when a Muslim approaches the city of Mecca for the Hajj, the men change out of their street clothes and they put on what's called the sacred ihram clothing, uh, which is a white wrap and a white robe worn over the left shoulder. They then enter the great mosque, which is called Beit Olah, which, which in Arabic means the house of the Lord. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's the name of it. And they surround a structure called the Kaaba, which means the cube, which was traditionally built by Abraham. 
Now, this ancient cubic structure is covered with a massive white veil. It's analogous to the ihram garment that they wear. And this cube is the, quote, spiritual and geographical center of Islam, toward which all Muslims face when praying. Interesting that the Jews also traditionally face toward Jerusalem when they pray. Did you know that? I didn't. King Solomon commanded the people of Israel to face the temple in Jerusalem when they prayed, and they still do, even though there's no temple there now. And, and remember the prophet Daniel? Um, he prayed three times a day toward the temple in Jerusalem. Right, right. And that got him in trouble. It did get him in trouble. And so I can't, I can't help but bring this up. Our, uh, our Muslim brothers, they, they, they pray around a cube that was traditionally built by Abraham. Is yes. like that, the Holy of Holies? Yes. The, like it, it really yes. reeks of ancient Israel, yes. yeah. like in the Judeo-Christian kind of beliefs. Yeah, so. you, you remember that the Holy of Holies in Solomon's temple was perfectly cubical. Exactly. Shape. The cube is an important shape. Right, right. So uh, so both Jews and Muslims still perform the prayer circle. They do. The Muslims circle the Kaaba seven times, praying in unison. They all say the same prayer at once. And the prayer circle, which is still one of the principal rites of the Hajj, according to scholars, it goes back to ancient Semitic practice and may well come down from Abraham. Okay, The Jews also circumambulate the synagogue carrying the Torah scrolls on holy days. And they call it, in Hebrew, the Hajj. <laughs> so it's the same word. Oh, wow. Okay? It's related to the Arabic Hajj. Originally, Hajj meant to turn in a circle. Okay? So in a similar way, uh, at Easter, the Christians, the Christian clergy in Jerusalem, they uh, carry candles in a ring around the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. So this is a very ancient, ancient practice, oh, okay? Yeah. To surround the altar in a circle and pray. Of course, the sight of thousands of people all in white forming a vast concentric prayer circle must resonate with Latter-day Saints who have been to the temple. Yeah. It's, it's not only a feature of our temples, but it's also a mirror of the great council in heaven. Wow. Now, in chapter 8, verse 3, John describes the actual prayer that is given in the circle. The smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. So the angel held burning incense in his hand? Yes. In the Jerusalem temple, he would use an instrument that looks like a spoon to represent the human hand. Mm. Uh, the person giving the prayer holds his hand in the shape of an incense burner. Incense burners in the shape of a cupped hand were common throughout the ancient Middle East. I have actually seen uh, on the walls of Egyptian temples, I have seen priests holding incense burners that look like human hands. Okay, yeah, they're, yeah. they're cupped like a human hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, remember that also that in the sky, the Milky Way symbolized the incense rising from the altar. You remember that? We talked mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. According to a very great New Testament scholar named Alfred Adersheim, he said, during the prayer, the priests in the holy place lifted their hands above their heads, joining their fingers in a peculiar mystical manner. Uh, close quote. 
The Psalms say, quote, Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. Uh, that's in Psalms 54, verse 2. Alfred Edersheim says this, this is what would happen, quote, The incensing priest repeated in an audible voice, followed by the others, a prayer that God would appoint peace, goodness, and blessing for all Israel, the people. Close quote. So all the people of Jerusalem, encircling the temple that held the cubicle holy of holies, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Kaaba in Mecca, participated in this family prayer. The circle symbolized the unity of the family, while the golden cube housing the presence, the divine presence, connoted the perfection of the heavenly father. The incense altar stood just before the veil of the Holy of Holies, and the priest at the altar symbolized Christ pleading for us in heaven before his father's throne. Now, here's something significant. In early Christianity, husbands and wives stood together in the ancient prayer circle. According to an ancient Christian document called the Pistis Sophia, Jesus stood at the altar with his apostles and the women disciples, and Jesus made invocation with this prayer, saying, Hear me, my Father, Father of all fatherhood. Close quote. Now, even today, in some ancient Eastern Christian churches, they preserve the ring dance around the altar in the wedding ceremony. It's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. the, the bride, the groom, and the priest all join hands and circle the altar three times. So the mm. circling of the altar is very important. Yeah. In the Book of Mormon, when Jesus visited the Nephites at the temple in the land bountiful, the Lord commanded them to form a circle around him. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. uh, quote from 3rd Nephi chapter 17. Jesus stood in the midst, and behold, he prayed unto the Father, and the things which he prayed cannot be written. written. I remember. Perhaps the words he's used were to be spoken only in the temple, which mm -hmm. is why Nephi refrained from recording them. Mm -hmm. okay. So why does this heavenly prayer circle take place when the seventh seal is opened? It's the benediction on the council in heaven. Oh. It's like a closing prayer. Okay. The prayer closes the family council in heaven where the Father lays out his plan. After the closing Hosanna song of praise, the Lord prays together with the children that they might endure the trials to come and qualify for the grand family reunion after the mortal test. Mm. In Jerusalem, after the morning incense ritual, this was a very strange thing happened, okay? The priest would take the shovel or the censer that held the burning coals, and he would throw it across the room. <laughs> now, this is a very strange part of the ritual. He threw it between the sanctuary and the altar. Now, supposedly... The clanging of that shovel was so loud that, quote, people could not hear one another speak in Jerusalem from the noise. Mm. Um, I'm sure that's a legend, but sure. anyway, it was loud. Yeah. It was loud enough to call the temple priests to their duties and to signal to the unclean people who are coming to the temple, right, to be cleansed, mm -hmm. to stand in the east gate and, and wait for their purification rites. These were the 
temple patrons. Okay, mm-hmm. it was kind of like the opening bell that signaled that the temple was open for business. Mm. Now, this is the fun part. Likewise, the angel in Revelation chapter eight quote took the censer, filled it with fire of the altar, and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. It was like at uh, Mount Sinai when the the noise from the mount called the children of God to begin the mortal test in their lone and dreary world and they're wandering across the desert to the promised land. So, in a sense, the actual mortal test begins when the seventh seal is opened. And in our next episode, we'll find out what happens after the opening of the seventh seal. That's exactly what I was going to ask. What happens after the the final seal's open? So looking forward to it. Wait till next week. Yeah, thank you so much.